Jeff, it has been a whirlwind, a roller coaster, a I'm out of comparisons and metaphors. A a white river, white what is it? White it has been a rapids. We are white water rafting. White water, that's what it is. Do you know that I really don't like to swim? I can barely swim. Swim well enough to save my life, and that's about it. I mean, that's all you need. That's the bare minimum. As well, that's why I got so fat. Now I just, if You're I a am more drowning, buoyancy. yeah, I just kind of roll over and I just look like a buoy with hair. Works out well for me. You Today, you set a new PR for consecutive days lift, so it has worked out well. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. Uh, but we have a little bit of a different episode today. Obviously, there was no game last week. Uh basketball last night apparently it was the byu super bowl of basketball games because we played utah state i don't know did you see that tweet i did see that and here's the thing now everybody didn't even know we were playing utah state i didn't know either no i thought it was on saturday but that's weber yeah and i think weber's a better team is that at weber Uh, should i be going to that game yes it's at it is in ogden so I guess it's in, so it's at Utah State because it's in uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, but yeah, I didn't know. So so it's our. Oh, sorry, we play Creighton on Saturday, then Weber next Saturday. Ah, well, nonetheless, who cares? It's basketball. But they won ten in a row against the Aggies. Good job, Googs. Ten. In I had a row. no idea there was a ten in a row winning streak. I didn't either. No clue. Nope. I, in fact, I saw a tweet from I don't remember who that said at least some in-state schools can get a 10-game win streak. And it, it, I was had, Robbie. it was, was it Robbie. Was it Robbie? You have to be only truly elite programs can have a 10-game win streak. <laughs> and I had to sit rivals. there and I, was, I, I have no idea what he's talking about. I have no idea who just accomplished a 10-game win streak. Not a clue. But it's our Super Bowl, Jeff, and we play out of our minds every game. Yes, Trevanel. It was the Trevanel game. He finally remembered that he is, in fact, Trevin Nell and could shoot the three and paid off. Yeah. I mean, I it don't. It was good. Go Cougs. I mean, what else can you say? There was a heartbreaker of a soccer game. Oh, gosh. And there was a choke job of a volleyball game. Yeah. And was... these are the things we care about this week because we're all on pins and needles about one Kalani F. Satake. And that F can stand for Fafita. Or it can stand for whatever else you want to plug into that F behind that letter. Because right now, he owns all the cards. He is our heart and soul. He is what's keeping me alive. He's the wind beneath my wings. He completes you and me and everybody else. Yeah. And that's it, where we're at. That's where we're at. And it has been a ride. I wish I – oh, maybe I can see um... – or the see i try to see how many messages there have been in Ooh. our uh discord i'll say more um, than one yes but there have been it has been popping uh and we've had a lot right going on with the uh we've had a lot going on everything with um kalani we've had updates we've uh there there's a lot of ebb and flows like when people say that these things are very fluid i don't think that is ever more accurate than coaching searches because it is like hour to hour of who thinks what's going to happen whatever and by the time you read something like by the time you read a tweet it could be outdated by four hours and they've completely dumped that candidate and already talking to someone else like there were candidates like there were people that were reporting that they had Oregon had requested to interview certain coaches Kalani one of them amongst others those people had already interviewed by the time those tweets came out there are reports from you know other uh how do we say colleagues to 24 7 sports and those you know it's like we had you share things you talk about things and you know they gather things and you're like oh I think we heard that same thing from probably from the same person told us as well as told them they're throwing it up on their site now, but it's 12 hours old and things are different. And so it does really one thing, uh, make you may, it has made me really reconsider, which I already ignored the news anyway, but just in general of like, by the time an article gets written, 
especially on something that's like breaking news or a hot topic, how much of it is actually different or actually how much of it is real? That was one thing I learned today. What did someone, uh, it's like, what was it? The gel Manning effect? Is that, I, I learned something. Someone shared. Yeah, somebody shared that. And I didn't gel know man what it was amnesia. Called. That's what it's called. So yeah, basically they were like, oh, you beat me to it. Like, huh? Well, yeah, I, I had no idea that this was a thing and I never really thought about it, but it makes sense that you will sit and read a newspaper or a magazine, whatever. If you are an expert about something, you could read it. And as you're saying, you know, reading it, saying to yourself, how does this person get paid to write this? This is all BS. Yeah. This is totally wrong. They're wrong about this, 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 and this, because it's your area of expertise, you will fully comprehend it. And then as soon as you're done with that article, you will turn the page and read that. And because it's not something that you know anything about, you will take it with authority rather than saying, well, if they don't know crap about this, why would I assume that they know about anything about this? But that is what we all do. And so we've become very distrustful and things change quickly. Um, I just, I, speaking of our discord, I just pulled it up. Um, Garrett and I tried to record this show about a half hour ago and I had something come up and I said, Hey, it's going to be like 10 minutes. I wasn't 10 minutes. Nothing in banking is 10 minutes. How long was I? I don't even know. It was like 20. Oh, that's not that bad. 10 minutes. It can easily I mean, be, be 20. it was literally 100% longer. It was done. <laughs> well, but it was only 10 minutes longer. That's true. So I just got a message. This is why I'm bringing it up as we kind of transition from what we learned about how news works because you're dead on. Uh, I, I got a message from a new subscriber, new VIP subscriber. They just sent me this. Uh, let me pull it up so I could read it verbatim. One man bear pig 5150. Wonderful name with a wonderful South Park mascot. I, I mean, great. And he said, hey, I just subscribed. I assume he, hey, I just subscribed for the VIP. I want you to know it was mostly because of your TikToks. Also BYU stuff, but mostly your TikToks. And I just want to say that that is marketing, my marketing strategy. I have become the mascot of Give em Hell Brigham. And I don't mind dressing up as the Grinch or wrapping myself in tinfoil if it means that it invites more to our community of wonderment and greatness. And Man Bear Pig, welcome. Welcome aboard. Man uh, Bear Pig is how I would describe what you looked like in that ugly Grinch Christmas outfit. Oh, it actually is a pretty good looking Grinch costume though. It's kind of ridiculous. I don't want to know how much you spent from that. I'm going to, I don't want to tell you. I mean, people um, can look it up, but I don't want to tell you. It was more than I should have. But again, I, maybe I should expense this because look, people are coming. My TikTok is going to go viral one day, but not as viral as Kyle Sheely's TikTok. Do you know who Kyle Sheely is, Garrett? Oh, yes. Kyle Sheely, for those of you who aren't on the TikTok world because presumably you're grown-ups and that's why, uh, Kyle Sheely is a man and he had this great idea. And he, he did this long TikTok explanation about what it is. And he saw a, I can't even remember who it was, but a cardboard cutout of some movie star that he liked at a come-and-go gas station. And he said, hey, can I have this? And the come and go employee said, I don't even know how these get here. So yeah, sure. I don't care what you do with it. So that was what sparked this idea, allegedly, in Kyle Sheely's mind, that he was going to go and print off his own giant cardboard cutout of himself, advertising for the Kyle Sheely meal. And then he was going to sneak into his local come and go set up the sign because the employees don't even know how they get there or who takes care of them. They just see vendors come in and out. He was going to set up the sign and that was it. And so that's what he did. He accidentally made the sign like 10 feet big. It was huge. And he set it up and it went wild. We're talking millions and millions of views, a true wild, uh, wild, a true tip viral TikTok that went crazy. People went and sought out this come and go location to take pictures with the Kyle Sheely sign. It was a very, very big deal. And it was seemingly organic. He continued to, to play it up. Kyle Sheely's full of shit and broke my heart. Kyle shitty meal. Well, here's what happened next. Come and go announced that, hey, this is hilarious. We're going to do the Kyle Sheely mealy. And then they turned this 
so-called viral imaginatory idea into a tangible real life marketing campaign. And it was great. And it was a cool feel good story that warmed my heart. And then Kyle Sheely posted another TikTok apologizing because he in fact had been working with come and go on this plan for the entirety of 2021. But he doubled down and he said, yeah, they knew about it. Yeah, it was, you know, I'm a paid employee. You know, I'm a, I'm a, what, what am I? A, a contracted employee to help them with their marketing. But it was really organic because we didn't know it was going to go crazy. And I actually did make it so big on accident. That wasn't real. So this really is organic. Now, that's a lie. It's full of crap. Kyle Sheely is a fraud. But that's not why we're sharing this story. What I am sharing this story for you today, the reason I'm sharing this story for you today is this. It has sparked gas station wars. Which already were a thing in the first place. Yeah, like, but you, like, you got to have your brand. You can't be a hoe. You can't be a gas station whore, okay? Right. You can't cheat on your tried and true. It's, it's always been a thing, but now we're talking... It's the convenience stores marketing people fighting with each other. Quick Trip, they posted a TikTok. It was one of their female employees who, I don't know if she had short hair, if she just did her hair like up like Jerry Seinfeld looking hair, kind of like Kyle Sheely's, drew herself a fake beard, kind of like Kyle Sheely's, and proceeded to mock him for the entirety of her TikTok post on the official quick trip TikTok, we have created, not we, the internet society has created a battle where quick trip and come and go are battling with each other. And it reminded me of this. Uh, our listeners probably know Mitch Harper, Mitch Harper. Uh, I, did you ever write for us at lawless? No, we did not. Didn't come in, we did not come in contact till after the lawless days. After lawless, so lawless republic, it still exists in some facet, but it was founded by by Mitch and and Bean Mace, and and I think I was a part of that initial team as well. Uh, and Robbie Huckfeld, there were a few of us that wrote. And one thing that Mitch was very very passionate about is that conflict creates traffic. So we went out of our way to like. Mock vanquished the foe at the time. I can't is even that, remember who was right. Wait, were you the ones that had Derek Stevenson write an open letter to Bronco Mendenhall? Uh, he may have used our platform for that, yeah. But that wasn't why. we. He wanted blog wars, man. Like, Mitch, it was part of the strategic plan to, like, piss off every blog who was out there. There's a lot of them. He wanted to piss them all off so that it created some conflict, created fans, created loyalty. And frankly, I think he was right because at the end of the day, look at where his career got him. Well, good for him. That's why I share the story of the fraudulent Kyle Sheely Mealy because there is a BYU tie. It reminded me of that story of Mitch Harper, who kind of is the BYU Cougar right now. I mean, he is what all of us want to be. And I, I think this is a good segue into the, really the entirety of our show. We have a very, very special show this week. It is brought to you purely by our subscribers. It is. 100%. 100%. We opened up the Q&A. We have a list of questions uh, on uh, on our Discord uh, in the Q&A channel. It's going to be fun. It's a little more organically sourced. Uh, some of them are a little more off the wall, you know, but this is kind of like a bye week. Like it's a, this is a mid, well, it, we're not is. fully in the off season. It, you know, it, it's like a bye week. And I think all of us need a little bit of levity this week. This has been very stressful waiting to find out what Kalani is or is not going to do. And I'm sure that's going to get brought up. So we're not going to delve into that topic. By but the time you are listening to this, I would say there's a like 75% chance there is news one way or the other. If you are listening to this on Friday, it will be done. Um, I agree with that. I'm trying to think if it will be public yet this is true 
I think be going into a big recruiting weekend for both schools because the early signing day is next Wednesday. Oregon isn't going to want to mess around. They will be going like they yeah. will want him announced tomorrow afternoon. True. To be able to get through that last weekend. And same thing with Gary. Like you don't want to bring, you don't want to have, uh, you don't want to have Keontae Scott and Jaden Ott, you know, coming in all these other recruits who may be coming this weekend, coming in on an official, the big official visit weekend right. with the coach up in the air. You yep. don't want to do that. Nope. I agree. I think it'll be done. Certainly. I don't know if it'll be public, but let's get into the questions. Uh, we opened this up. There's a long list of questions. And the first one is the question really that everybody wants to talk about. Did Kalani take the Oregon interview to help force the board of trustees to pay him more? Uh, maybe like I, I wrote about this on 24 seven. And, and for those of you who are wondering the distinction between give him hell, Brigham and 24 uh, seven, a lot more professional, a lot more news oriented over at 24 seven. And so I wrote on 24 seven in a more professional and news oriented manner that, yeah, it sounds like Kalani did interview. Now, we don't know. Nobody knows for sure. We don't know the motive for that interview. We know he interviewed. It could have been sincere interest, and had he got an offer that was appealing, he would have taken it and, and left BYU. It could have been purely to expedite the process that was ongoing for his contract extension at BYU. It could have been to gain some leverage so that he could go back to BYU with a counter offer and say, Hey, I need more than what, than what you're giving me, or I'm going to walk. There's a lot of motives that could have been there. And at the end of the day, nobody knows for sure, but in my heart of hearts, I think he was, I don't think Kalani wanted to leave BYU. I just don't. I think he would have, but I don't think he wanted to. I, yeah. And, and that's the way you can't negotiate without being, it's not a negotiation if you're not willing to walk away, right? right. Like it's, you can't go into the car dealership and say, if you don't give me this price, I'm going to walk. And then they give you a price. Like then they meet you in the middle and you say, okay, that's good enough. Right. Like you can't, right. you can't strike your line and then still walk over it. Right. It, it doesn't mean anything. So I think 100% this or something that we have learned in the last week is that the BYU being ridiculously cheap. I don't, that's not a thing, right? It's BYU is they want to be in the middle of the pack amongst their peers, right? Like BYU is paying professors. They're going to pay them more than like SUU because SUU is not their peer as a university, but Harvard is also not their peer as a university and either Stanford. So they're going to pay them differently than they do at those schools. When BYU is in the whack, you get a whack level salary. When they're in the Mountain West, you get a Mountain West level salary. When you're an independent, you get a somewhere in between level salary because of the money that's available. Going into the Big 12, competing with the Big 12, I expect Kalani or whoever the next coach is, extension or their new contract to be what a middle of the road Big 12 coach would get. That's heavy incentively laden to, you know, obviously if Kalani wins a national, somehow wins a national championship, he should get a $20 billion bonus, right? Like, but he, and that is the kind of money that we are talking about. So the whole, the myth of BYU will only pay pennies and it gets treated as if it's a calling like that, that's gone. That is not a thing anymore. We can move past that. I will slightly disagree with you. It is a thing for sure still. It may not be a thing for a head coach's salary, but BYU is not middle of the pack in terms of money allocated to facilities, money allocated towards a marketing recruiting budget. And so I think that there are layers to how BYU does and does not employ their money. And I think that's totally fair. When, when BYU was in the Mountain West, they were top tier of the Mountain West in terms of pay. And that's a very good point. When they're independent, they don't really have a pair. So how do you know? In the Big 12, reasonable to expect that that head coach is going to be paid where he should be. But at the end of the day, BYU still has like less recruiting staff than Utah State does, right? And so there is cheapness. And, and, and contrarians would say maybe that's because BYU cares about efficiency. I, maybe. But there is some cheap frugal, maybe, is better. 
Sounds better. Means the same. Sounds better. There's some frugality from BYU still, but I think that your point is fair. Uh, second question, kind of the same. Did Oregon interview as a diversion from who they really want? Uh, did Oregon interview Kalani as a diversion from who they really want? No, I don't think a diversion. Uh, I do you interview think- a bunch of guys. And you you interview a lot of people and, and the PAC 12, I don't know if it's a conference. I maybe should correct myself. I don't know if it's the conference requirement or an Oregon requirement, but there is a minority clause, like kind of like the, what is it called? The Rooney rule. rule. Yeah. And maybe that's it. When that's stupid because Kalani absolutely is qualified for that job, but it could have been something like that. So I don't think a diversion is the right way to put it. Question number three. I want you to answer this question because quite frankly, I think you're going to be able to, I mean, you're, you're kind of my North star. When will Jeff quit his job and become a full-time TikToker? Yeah. You tell me when am I ready to quit? You know, TikTok isn't even, it's bringing in zero to this operation right now. And uh, we've op- got a few subscribers from this it. It's true. So. You did bring up man, bear, pig guy. So, <laughs> um, it's going to be a while. That's, that's a long road to hoe. Yeah. But- I mean, for all the fun that I have on TikTok, I still only have like, 500 followers. I don't even think I have 500. It's hard. I don't know. It's hard to crack the algorithm and the whole, like there's a BYU Twitter. There's not really a BYU TikTok. It's just sort of like a smattering of everything. And the algorithm occasionally feeds up some BYU stuff. It's tricky. It's very, very tricky. This one is from my uncle who I notice his name is not blue. So that means that he's not subscribing. And he he is my relative. That does not that does not inherently give him any more access than, than what he should have. But we will answer his question. If Jeff dresses up as Mrs. Claus, does Gary Barta still suck? I mean, yeah. Yeah, Gary Barta sucks no matter what. Forever and ever and ever. He had a chance. Gary Barta, I gave him the opportunity to do what's right and end on forever. And what did he do? Not only did he not do what's right, he doubled down on what was wrong and moved BYU down the rankings. Wyanon has never been more strong. And so Gary Barta absolutely still sucks. There is no doubt. <laughs> Gary Farta. I, you know, someone I, the people are saying that that email is calling him Gary Farta is a BYU fan. I hope that so. is a Houston fan. No BYU fan in the right mind would ever spell Cougs with two O's. Ah, good, point. good point. Good point. That is definitely a Houston fan who probably was just like, hey, uh, we got beat by BYU, so it's not as you know. I, mean, I feel better if we choked in the fourth quarter against a major, you know, against a top ten team. Um, let's see, we can couple here. We're not, we're not going to have time to go through all of these, so we're going to uh, go through a lot, though. We're going to go through a lot. The college coaching landscape changed really fast, with salaries jumping astronomically. Most programs are already running in the red, so universities must see some kind of financial windfall coming, right? How else do they fund this? Do we anticipate craziness to start filtering to other sports, especially basketball? But who knows? Maybe someone comes after Jennifer Rockwood. Jennifer Rockwood will not go anywhere until she retires. She has been the head coach at BYU since 1989. That is the last six seasons of them being a club team. They officially became an NCAA team in 1995. In the 27 years as BYU's head coach for the entire history of the program, she's gone to 23 NCAA tournaments and just lost some PKs in the national championship. She's not going anywhere. That is a well-oiled machine until she decides to retire. Um, the salaries jumping astronomically, that is really like, I mean, the salaries jumping astronomically is still very limited, right? Like that's Mel Tucker, Sabin, Dabo, Lincoln Riley. Brian Kelly. After that, it's like a cliff, right? Like it's Kyle Whittingham is making like $5.5 million a year. And he's still like, he's one of the top 15 highest paid coaches in the country. Like there's a, there's that upper, upper tier. And then there's a whole lot of nothing. Now that Lincoln Riley is like, even Sark is making 5.2 at Texas, right? So it's not, it is a few handful of coaches uh, as to how this gets paid for. It's not the schools. Yeah. It's the boosters. So if there's a buyout involved, you call up the boosters and say, Hey, we need this. I mean, unless it's Miami, of course, Miami is using the revenue from their uh, hospital that they started during COVID to help pay for Mario Cristobal, which uh, I mean, I guess it's legal, but is it ethical? (laughs) I I don't know. Yeah. And so it's, 
where that comes from. Also, running in the red, there is a lot of interesting accounting um, because a lot of it, it's running in the red because of like the scholarships that they offer. You know, oh, they don't offset no, those. But no, then, no, 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 no. Don't give the accountants who listen to this show any accounting. I'm form. just saying, schools, they see it as marketing. So, and it drives sports drive revenue because tuition is revenue to schools if you get other students to sign up because they think you have a cool football team then that drives revenue if you're there are schools especially like a lot of d2 nai schools you wonder how they all have football with no fans whatever it's because they can dangle the carrot of you can be a collegiate athlete in front of a kid who will come and you say hey we will pay for your books that is your scholarship but then in turn you got to pay twenty thousand dollars a year in tuition and there are small like D2 schools where 80, 90% of their students are athletes and the athletic department runs in the red, but the athletic department is the only reason that the school is even open. So college is just a mess in the first place. Um, how has this affected practice in bowl prep? Uh, they're still practicing the flu that ran through the basketball team also ran through the football team. Uh, so they, they had, they had to cancel official visits last week because so many players were sick. Like it was, it was bad. Gideon Jordan. What did Pope say? Gideon lost 12 pounds last week. Yeah. And from all that we have heard, it's not COVID. It was a flu that just went ruckshaw through the athletic department. And and you got to remember like these guys, they're around. I mean, they're all friends. They hang out all the time. They're going into the same room. They got finals. So they're in this academic center together. You know, they, may have you know they're sitting around each other it spreads all the like when things go through it's not uncommon for things to run through an ad like that in entirety because it's like someone gets it whatever kind of flu they're not they're maybe contagious but not really showing symptoms yet and then you're all in study hall together sitting around each other for hours at a time or you're at practice breathing and you know touching each other and then all of a sudden it's like boom the entire team is sick and so it should be better uh by the end I mean, hopefully in the next week, I don't, UAB has a lot of injuries. So I don't think bowl practice has been affected too much like this. And, you know, it's just as exciting if, you know, when, if an announcement comes that Kalani has chosen to stay, it'll be very invigorating to the team. I'm not worried about that next week. Um, I still got a full week. I mean, and I just like a bye week. I mean, it's interesting because all the people are like, this bowl sucks. Like we should boycott them. One, no. Two, if you go out and lay an egg in the bowl, (laughs) then that really proves them right, right? Like it, it proves everybody wrong. Just go out and win 50 to zero. And three, it's like how, if you want, I don't know, it's like you can't expect that you're like, oh, well, I want the team. I'm going to be mad about it and I'm going to be pouty, but then the team's going to go out and whatever, you know, it just, it doesn't make sense. Just go out and you play the games you got. And that this was always the trade-off. I wrote about this on Monday. This was always the trade-off with independence. Like don't complain about being in a crappy bowl because we have known that it's always crappy bowl, New Year's or New Year's six. Those are our only options in independence. And we made that trade because we would don't want to be in the Mountain West because of we traded 12 exhibition games throughout the year against good teams versus four, one at the end of the year. Uh, yeah, and that's really what it is. Some boner that I work with, he came to me and said, well, wouldn't you rather be Utah State this week? No. I would never want to be Utah State. (laughs) Utah State played Washington State and Oregon State. Congratulations. That's fun. I'm glad you get to go and play in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Like, that's cool. Like, honestly, that's a Oregon State's a good team. That's a great, great bowl. Uh, But I would much rather have played Baylor and USC and everybody else, Virginia and Arizona State and Utah and all the other schools. And so that's what it is. Uh, Trade-offs. Trade-offs, 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 right. crappy and, bowls and really for better games. The strength of schedule. Look, you, we went 10-2 and two in the regular season. Utah State went 10-2 and two in the regular season. We are ranked in the top 15. They are conference champions and unranked, right? The strength of schedule provided by independence is the reason that we were even in the position to bitch and complain about what bowl we were ended up in. And Utah State also sucks forever. And just Utah State. Forever. Forever and, forever and ever. And ever. Amen. 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 Uh, I don't know where we are on our list. There's so we many questions. We are at Nate Slack asking who the best candidates are that would be to replace Elisa Tuiaki, one Ed Lamb, and Preston Hadley. Now, some context. Why are those the names? Well, Tuiaki 
Uh, he tried to get the head coaching job at Montana State last year. I, I think we can safely say he wants to be a head coach. And frankly, his his defenses, while not sexy, have been productive enough over the last six years that it that maybe he deserves to be a head coach, especially at the FCS level where I think his methodology would really pay off. There are three local jobs in Idaho, Idaho State, and SUU that are open. Presumably, he's going to be a candidate for each one of those. Uh, Ed Lamb also wants to be a head coach, has been a head coach at the FCS level and is presumably a candidate for places like uh, Nevada and was at New Mexico State and and Colorado State. Ed Lamb was a finalist. They named Jerry Kill their head coach in New Mexico State, but Ed Lamb was the other finalist. Um, And just really didn't get talked about because people forget that New Mexico State even exists. Well, and it's easy to do. And Preston Hadley probably goes with one of those two if if they get the job. Right. I I have a strong strong inclination getting to the answer to Nate's question that Kevin Clune would be promoted to defensive coordinator and he would do everything in his power to keep Gennaro Guilford on staff. Yep. And, and I think there, Gennaro would stay. He doesn't, the, the, the so lateral too. move is not there. Uh, if Ed left, I think, I mean, coaches are not immune to hearing things, right? They boosters are fans. The general fan sentiment is also generally prevalent amongst the boosters and the large boosters and that pressure, all the things fans complain about boosters generally, big boosters generally also complain about. And there is that pressure Tuiaki feels it. He right or wrong. And sometimes it's like, okay, I'm going to go for a reset. And if you do, are you, if you are successful and multiple schools that can really lift your profile, right? Like we saw, like, for example, when we saw Jeff Martin leave being the recruiting coordinator at BYU to take a, what was a lateral job at Colorado not State. a downgrade right? or, or not even a lateral job. It was a downgrade. And he also considered going to Utah state, you know, because it was Hey, if I can do this in multiple schools, there's nothing. And it worked. He ended up going to Colorado and then going to UCLA. Right. Like he that helped him on his path to being able to take a step back in order to take two steps forward. And then here's the other thing. And fair or unfair, how many defensive coordinators do you know that were former cornerbacks coach? Not very many. I Um, mean. I, I would don't bet. Know, I don't know because I don't know just in general about how <laughs> I could tell you there's not very many. And it's probably about the same number of offensive coordinators who were former running backs coaches. Like yeah. it, those it two seems positions. Like usually it's a linebackers coach ends up being the uh, defensive coordinator. Right. In my I mean, mind, at least, those, but I have no data on this. Those, those two positions just don't end up being coordinators it, for whatever reason. And Gennaro is incredibly valuable to BYU going to the big 12. I, I just, like I can't see him leaving. So I, I would think Kevin Clune, I think the way he's next defensive coordinator is right there on staff, right? He's been a coordinator at multiple schools at a high level. He brings some experience. Um, could be why you do better. Yeah, sure. Maybe uh, it would be outside of the box. But I would I say maybe is the key word there. So I think the way BYU would do better is they would promote somebody, a position coach to a coordinator who ends up being better. Right. And you coaching is a crap shoot. You realize like the average coaching tenure. And I, I just looked this up is 3.4 seasons since 2000. The average tenure of FBS head coaches is 3.4 seasons. So you have like, no matter what you think it's a crap shoot. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about all the coaches, like the nine coaches that have left the American and how all of them have had losing records at the P5 jobs that they went to because it's not just who you are as a coach, right? And it's, and we talked about this last week with Daryl Funk. It's like who you hit your wagon to as a head coach, go on and it's, you're trying to find a job. Sometimes you take what you can get. Maybe you don't get along with the staff. Maybe you don't, if you if yourself don't feel like a good fit at the school, it's really hard for you to sell the school to recruits. You know, it's maybe you're at a school that's harder to recruit to. Like there are, it really takes a magic formula of sorts to get everything in sync. And so if Kevin Clune is that guy, then he's the guy. And that's just going to be best. And maybe sometimes the retread works. Sometimes it doesn't. Like you look at, as everybody thought Tom Herman was going to be awesome at Texas, he was a flop, right? There are no slam dunk hires. There's just no such thing. People thought Dan Mullen was going to be great at Florida. And he was for like a year and then got ran out of town. 
and they did not keep up what they expected to do. Like, unless your name is Urban or Nick Saban, there's a lot of big ass question marks. So like even look at Dabo. He's about to lose both of his coordinators. Venables is already gone. Tony Elliott is in negotiations to leave and become the head coach at Virginia. The other head coach left, or the other co-OC guy who was the co-OC with Tony Elliott already left two years ago to South Florida. And if Dabo has to retool his coordinators, can he do it and keep up with Saban? I don't know. Probably not. The odds are against him. He might be able to pull it out, but it's a crapshoot. And when you find the right fit, you got to do everything you can to hold it together. Which is why I think Kalani would stick with Clune. It's, is it a safe hire? Yeah, it's not sexy, but he's connected. Like he's, he's going to be able to get position coaches. He runs the scheme. He fits at BYU. This is his first year on staff, second year in Provo. It would be a good move for everybody involved. If, it's BYU's, a very similar hire to Aaron Roderick. Becoming it is. The, yep. It's exactly. Everyone's pretty damn happy about that. And if BYU is going to improve, I think they're going to do it the Jeff Grimes way where they went and promoted Jeff Grimes from offensive line coach at a big time school. And quite frankly, they hit a home run. Like they had no idea that Jeff Grimes was going to be as good as Jeff Grimes has ended up being. They, they hoped they had a pretty good inclination and that's where they went. As far as the position coaches who would replace uh, Lamb and Hadley, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, at this point, you're relying more on uh, on Coach Clunes if he's the defensive coordinator or whomever you bring in to replace Tuiaki. You're relying more on their connections than Kalani's connections at that point. And so it's hard to really project. I could rattle off a bunch of names like everybody's going to want to hear, you know, Sean Nua, Jason Gafusi, and Kelly Papinga. And yeah, sure, all of those guys are going to be candidates. But at the end of the day, if Coach Clune doesn't want Kelly Papinga because they've never worked together and they coach a different scheme, Kelly Papinga is not going to be the guy, no matter how much sense he might make, because right. it's not Clune's guy. Uh, next question. Can you walk us through the process of leaking information to the media? Um, I mean, it's really kind of simple. Now, I, <laughs> it just happens, right? Like, it, it really does. And it's, it's not like there's some, like, back channel crazy whatever. But, like, think of how does the story of – Caleb Lohner's dad is getting a job at Qualtrics get, le- get leaked out. Like people have a tendency to want to blame the reporter and maybe they should fair, whatever. I don't care. But the reporter's not just conjuring up these ideas in their head, right? They don't just make up things. They have sources, the people that they talk to. Well, after long enough of the, being in the industry, people know whose sources are who like you can kind of figure it out. And the people involved in the program can use that to their advantage and so they they leak certain information to certain people and those people leak it to the press and then the press runs with those stories so how does caleb Bloner's story get blown out of proportion uh larry kraskoviak gets beat wants to save face tells his staff hey i heard there was something shady that was going on that's the only reason we're losing him. Can't, doesn't make any other sense why he would possibly go. Had to be something shady. Probably that Ryan Smith guy. Something shady's going on. Well, then that staffer says, yeah, something shady. Probably something like his dad got a job. Hey, media. I don't know what happened. And I'm not saying anything, but maybe somebody's dad got a job. You know, maybe that's a thing. And that's what happens. That's it. Yeah. And it's. It happens and it gets pushed out and then, or sometimes it is on purpose because you're trying to float things. There's a lot of times, especially with the coaching searches where it's like, Hey, dangle this name out there to see oh, yeah. and what is it, it, right? Agents like, do it. it. It's, you know, a lot of it will come from the agent. A lot of it will come from the candidate because they are hopeful and want to push their name. So they'll say, you know, or a lot of it is things like we saw with the, Big 12, right? In 2016 with the Big 12, though it's things seemed really imminent. Then it kind of got the kibosh got put on by the like Iowa State student government and things around BYU and uh, political reasons, whatever. And this time around, in a three week, in a well, I guess in the span of 15 days, whatever, we saw an article in the athletics saying BYU is clearly target number one. One week later, we saw an article. An announcement as early as next week could be coming for BYU Cincy uh, UCF in Houston. And then one week after that, it was a done deal, right? So it's that happened in the span of two weeks. And it's you, a lot, some of it is priming the pump, kind of see what the fan reaction is. Maybe you drip the name of Justin Wilcox because he's an alum of Oregon. He's the head coach at Cal. They've been met. 
their fans lose their crap. They don't want that. You say, okay, we're just going to move along. Like that doesn't move the needle there. Right. And so sometimes that happens and it's, you know, all about narrative control. Um, and so they're leaking can happen for multiple reasons. Um, and you know, it can also work the other way, right? Like there's, you know, if there's a leak that a coach had a really bad interview, maybe not necessarily because anyone in the AD said that it's because a very key booster told somebody that they heard it went bad because maybe that booster doesn't like that candidate or prefer somebody else. So there's multiple, multiple people. Yeah. Basically um, all the conspiracies that you could think of in your head, like they could be true. Right. That, that really is that simple. Um, okay, Next question. I like, we got to, we got to speed this, we got to speed this up and we're, we're getting into some dumb stuff, but not dumb stuff, but off brand stuff. Uh, what should I get my wife for Christmas? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know if you've noticed Garrett, I'm sitting here rolling my neck all episode long. My neck hurts so bad. I need a new pillow, something awful. Are you and I saw this pillow. Are you going to get the my pillow? <laughs> no, <laughs> from the guy, the 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 crazy guy. Yes. No, what I did see, and I don't remember what they're called, but the Instagram algorithm must know me because it's listening. A pillow that has like these little arm looking deals that come off of the base, and then there's like a neck hole. And oh, so, I have a pillow like that. It's pretty comfortable. Is it that you like wrap your arms around? Oh, not like that. It's, I pictured something different. Oh, it's like got like a shoulder slot. So I'm a side sleeper, but okay. you never know what to do with the one arm that you're laying on. Well, this has a shoulder slot so you could stick your hand like up over your head, but not crush it by laying on it. And then your arm goes to sleep. So get her a pillow. I'm a crappy husband. My gifts suck. I, I got a pillow. I mean, that's I'm where I'm at. So, I'm so bad. You don't want if we've gotten to the point where it's like, we just say we're not buying each other gifts and just yeah. say like, we're planning a trip. So it's like, I'm going to my trip to Italy got canceled. So it's like, I'm going to Hawaii in February. That is our Christmas present is like Christmas or anniversaries a month later. It's like, we're doubling up. We're going to Hawaii. We're going on a trip for a week with no kids. That's the Christmas present. Yeah. So that's what you need to do. That's what you just at. gift an experience. Don't give crap. Um, what kind of aluminum foil is Jeff using? Because he has some money that they want to buy stock in that company. Fair. Um, I don't, I think it's Reynolds. Okay. Oh, we're going with his name brand premium. Mm-hmm. We're not no great. Well, value. Here's the thing about the, the, there's been a lot of talk about my uh, mm-hmm. aluminum foil usage. I think people are vastly overestimating either one, how fat I am or two, how much tinfoil it takes to cover a given area. I have used the same role all year. People talk as if I am like investing hundreds of thousands of dollars into my uh, tinfoil endeavors, but no, like, I don't know. What is a roll of heavy duty tinfoil? Like six bucks. That's where we're at. That, that's been the investment so far. Um, is it quote, okay, if I get a tattoo for my wedding ring? Sure. Why not? I couldn't care less. Do whatever um, you want. I, I've thought about doing it because I lost my actual wedding ring when I moved last year. Well, there you go. Uh, how serious is Jaden Ott about BYU? Um, pretty serious. I mean, he's taking a visit before signing day. He was previously committed to Cal. He had been crystal ball here. He currently is, hasn't been updated crystal uh, ball to Oregon. There's a play on words there. Are you going to hit it out of the park? Uh, he, he had oh, been he, crystal ball to crystal ball. <laughs> yeah. So Mario crystal ball left anytime a coach leaves. So I don't want to say we are preying on the vulnerability of an 18 year old child making the Ouch. current, what is to date, the most important decision of his life. But uh, he's been in contact with Harvey Younger. He's coming on the big visit this week. If you can get a player to make their final visit to you, you're in closing stages and you have a pretty good chance. They're not going to take the visit three days before signing day if there's not a chance. So, yeah, it's that simple. I mean, I, I wouldn't put BYU as the favorite but I would put BYU in the most advantageous position right now. They have a good relationship and they have the last visit. Uh, so BYU, like if you're, if you're handicapping this line and it looks fairly equal, like BYU might be down in the game right now, like in the third quarter, but they're still going to be the favorite in like in terms of the spread or your betting lines. Right. Because maybe people think that, Oh yeah. BYU's better. They're in a better position. They're eventually going to overcome this deficit in the third quarter. I think that's kind of what it is. I don't know whether they win in the end, but I think that they have a very strong advantage and a very good shot. I would say the odds on this would be like plus plus one seventy-five. Yeah. I think that's fair. 
Yeah. Um, how can it be okay to love BYU and hate everything about it at the same time? Think of how you feel about America. Same or deal. your kids. Or your kids. <laughs> or your job. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's pretty common. Nothing is all good and nothing is all bad. So, yeah. I mean, it's the University of Utah. That's all bad. I do love my kids. I talk a lot of crap on my kids. One day they're going to listen to this podcast as, as grownups and they're going to feel like, wow, Jeff. I hate you, but I do love them, but don't always like them. Uh, yeah. Are we going to have a watch party for the Independence Bowl? Um, I don't know what that means. I mean, we have our game. Well, threads. we know what that means. What that means is we once teased the idea of deer camping, right? Of go rent oh, a cabin. Yes. It's the give them hell, Brigham bowl game. Uh, not for the Independence Bowl. No, it, it will probably be something else. Uh, but also... Give them hell, Brigham subscribers and listeners. You have to prove that I like you first before I commit to spending time with you. We did have somebody bring up like, what about having a VVIP? And if you get invited to deer camp, then you are a VVIP, right? Mm. Like it's, that's, you know, this is only like, (laughs) maybe, maybe we're just selling our experience. Oh yes. If you want to hang out, with Jeff and Garrett, then you make an offer. We are friend. I don't think I could say it. We are friend hookers. And we're not. My friendship is available for sale. Uh, yeah, I'm not hooking anything else, but I'm just my friendship. You can buy it, but only temporarily, and you pay by the hour. <laughs> and uh, if you want a better experience, uh, you know, like. Yeah, you pay a hundred bucks. Sure, I'll go to lunch, but you pay a thousand bucks. Yeah, we'll go to lunch and watch a movie. Uh, yeah, I will agree with that. We can make that happen. Um, assuming Kalani stays, what does the D line look like next year? Uh, we're going to have Isamoa. We're going to have Logan Fano. Uh, there's probably, I'm saying there will probably be one transfer, at least one inbound transfer uh, who will come in. We've got, oh gosh, I can't even think of, there's like four more guys that are coming off of missions that I can't even. Yeah. It, it basically looks the same as it did last year with just some younger guys as well. Uh, nobody really leaves. Lopa leaves, but that's about it. And he gets replaced with... Uh, Earl Tuiertimarner also leaves. Oh yeah, Earl. Wow, God, he signed so long ago. Earl committed in 2012 as a junior. Yeah, that was a long at, time at, ago. In the summer of 2012, like going into his junior year and then yeah. signed in 2013. He is old. Um, but it's going to look largely the same. Zoe will be back and healthy. Tofa is planning on coming back as far as I know. Uh, and he was a pleasant surprise that that has played a lot better of late. Uh, yeah. And then you guys, you mentioned like Brooks Miley, Logan Fano, um, Isamoa, Isaiah Moa. We got to say Isaiah. his name, right? Isaiah. Ice Moa or Isaiah, like Isaiah, but Isaiah. Isaiah Moa. So just in someone, right? It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't so know. Just, just ice. Cause I don't or know. Or Tongan, I guess in Tongan, he's Tongan, not someone. Uh, yeah. So it's, there's a couple new bodies in there, um, but it really is just, it was a really, really young group. There's some potential there, but there's going to be growing pains similar to what we saw with, I feel like the D line is kind of like what the O line was in 2018, where you saw some flashes. They're okay. There were moments when they looked pretty good. Also a lot of moments where the moment was just too big and they pissed down their leg a little bit, but they are going through those growing pains. And really a lot of it is just health, right? Cause we've had so many guys that show flashes early then sophomore, junior, senior year rolls around and they're constantly hurt and they never pan out. And so we got to change the tide on that. Um, we have asked, would you still want Kalani to be retained if George Udo is a starter next season since George Udo is your least favorite player? That's a really good question. And I don't know that answer. Look, how many times do I got to explain this? You know, George Udo is fine. He's fine. That's all. He's not elite. He's not incredible. I I don't even know if I would jump to good. He is a great athlete, but he's a very middle of the road football player. He is what we would say. Well, not as great as an athlete because he has never fully recovered from his knee. 
No, and and I would say middle of the road is generous. Generous. So he's raw, man. I mean, he's he just raw. had so long to go, and it's that is why we're saying like the projects, the Ed Lamb pro- type projects, right? That of that recruiting philosophy of get the measurables and the rest will work itself out. For every Dax Milne, there's like twelve George Udos where it doesn't work out, and you're struggling. So and George could he is, end up being great? Sure. Yeah, but he needs more time. He should not have been thrust into things at the way that he has. And I actually kind of think he is playing the wrong position. And he is somebody who I think to be great in his career, if he wanted to, he should redshirt, move down to linebacker, and put on 30 pounds and actually use his speed coming off the edge because in coverage, it ain't there, dude. Yeah, I, he, I mean, that's where I'm at. I don't want to disparage the guy. It was just that he he's one of the, it's why like walk-ons, I do it with walk-ons. And I, I think that we've talked about the glorified walk-ons before that their only offer is BYU. It's so hard to put expectations on it because it's hard. Like they have a different path than a guy like Ice Moa. And Ice Moa is coming in and he's going to be expected to play right away. And if he doesn't live up to that level, it's going to be disappointing. Like that's just the way that it's going to be. But a guy like Udo is a, a total project and, and he gets thrown into the mix as a freshman and he makes a few nice plays. He made a lot of bad plays that don't get caught on, on TV. Right. But he made a few nice plays and now all of a sudden expectations are, are high for him. And it just isn't fair because he's still the guy that has a ton of room to grow. Caleb Christensen is a good example. Caleb Christensen can return kicks really well. He's super fast. He's got some tools to be, be productive. Caleb Christensen had a few picks as a freshman and all of a sudden people thought he was going to compete with Keenan Ellis and Heron and Mandel for a starting position. And it just isn't the case. Like those fortuitous bounces that ended up in interceptions weren't a result of good coverage. It was a result of other things. And he was kind of a mess in coverage, but that wasn't unexpected because you don't expect somebody like Caleb Christensen to start as a true freshman. Right. But circumstance happened and he had to, but that shouldn't change his projection, his trajectory or his outlook. Right. If now all of a sudden he's not playing and he hasn't really played at all in the secondary this year, it isn't because he suddenly sucks or he got worse. It's because now that weird circumstance is gone and yeah, he's still plenty behind the guys who are in front of him. And, and that's the way that I kind of see it with, with Udo as well. Maybe he's great, but I don't think he's going to be great until he's a senior. He, he's got a long ways to go still. I got real passionate about this. Um, okay. Um, I'm, I'm grateful to see that we are kind of getting into the non-question questions so we can move through this. Um, second question from man bear pig. Are you aware of any doctrine covering ceiling coaching to the programs for time and all eternity? I'll hang up and listen. I mean, we had joked about making it a calling. I think that's one step than that, but, uh, I would welcome any revelation on that. How about front this? To seal Kalani to this program. I don't know that that doctrine doesn't exist. This is true. It is one of the, is one of the mysteries of the kingdom. Yeah, uh, could be. we should, I mean, send a tweet tag the prophet see if i send it up the chain <laughs> can we just cancel all sports besides football both basketballs and women's soccer no oh come on we got to care about the bat cats yeah the bat cats and i you did say both basketballs so that's fair because our lady coogs are great women's soccer kayla coolahan man she's one of the best athletes that's come through the program like in, through the athletic department, she's a stud. Ashley Hatch is on the the women's soccer Olympic team. Oh, I guess he's saying keep soccer. Yeah, he's saying keep soccer. But uh, like, what about uh, what about volleyball? Volleyball is great. Go men's, men's, volleyball. men's volleyball is great too. And Micah Harper went to a volleyball game on his official visit and loved it, and that played a role in him signing with BYU. The, this January visits of kids coming in January and going to a men's volleyball game is actually a very great selling point. In a lot of ways, I think it's actually better than getting them in the Marriott center. I mean, if you can get them in the Marriott center for Gonzaga or St. Mary's, or I guess for any team in the future big 12, then that's great. But it 
getting them in for volleyball is awesome because it's one of those things where it's like, well, shoot, if they care this much about volleyball, think about what it's going to be like at football games, right? Like it's, yeah, if this true. is the low sport, like the, the, nobody cares about this sport. It's going to be insane at the sport when I'm playing football and running out of this tunnel at Lavelle Edwards stadium. And they're so right. volleyball is huge. Very valuable. No, keep all the sports. Hell, I say make like men's soccer, not a club sport. Like let's have yes. all the sports. I don't just know. Let football be sport. I don't know what women's sport we could bring to balance men's soccer, but let's figure one out. Women's they won the wrestling. club national championship. I want an esports team. I will watch the shit out of an esports team. I don't. Do they have scholarships for esports now? Uh, the Pac-12 does. So I'm ready. Um, if Kalani leaves for another job, where does BYU go next? Everybody's talked about this, and so I'm going to keep my answer short. Um, I don't think that they'll ever go for a non-LDS coach. I, I know that Diljit and women's cross country that broke the barrier that, hey, it doesn't have to be. I, I just don't see the head football coach, the highest profile coach being a non-member, maybe, but I, don't, I wouldn't bet on it. Uh, <laughs> like your candidates are Jay Hill, Fessy Satake, Aaron Roderick, maybe. Bronco Mendenhall coming back and Dr. Bob, like those are your candidates. There's the same retread, probably and Anderson. Yeah. And in going back to crapshoots, we don't know, right? Like you could promote Dabo Swinney was the wide receivers coach at Clemson and he was out of coaching, working as a real estate agent. Tommy Bowden hired him to be the wide receivers coach at Clemson. Then he got promoted to being the head coach from being the wide receivers coach without ever being a coordinator. Like it is a crapshoot. And we don't know. Um, so do any coach BYU coaches subscribe and look at the CSI message board? No comment. Um, <laughs> I think comment. BYU. I, I, they used to. I, I, I honestly, I don't know on current coaches, but I have personally set up access for former coaches in the past. As well as players, parents. So a lot of players. Just don't be a jerk. Yeah. Just be nice. It's not that hard. A lot of player parents, a lot of coaches, family members. Um, there's a lot more people looking. And I will say with absolute certainty, non-BYU coaches, like it's part of their job. Like University of Utah has somebody who scours message boards looking for rumors and things. Right. You look for rumors and things. You're trying to figure out like, oh, I heard so-and-so was banged up in practice. I heard, you know, all, all of those things. You know, it's they're trying to find the injury news that'll affect their game plan. It's they scour. They got if there's they got accounts on rivals 24-7. On three is the new one that was started by the founder of both scout.com and 24-7. That dude, I want to interview him because I don't know how he keeps getting around like selling stuff <laughs> without having non-competes at all as part of it. Because he's founded scout.com, sold it to Fox Sports, I believe, and then turned around, found a 24-7 sports, sold that to CBS. And now has turned around. after after acquiring what was left of Scout. Yes, after was acquiring what was left of Scout, and then he turned and around. I, I was on on three, and on three is the shiz. Like <laughs> they have, they've got a lot of big name writers who have a lot of connections in on their fan sites, and right now, and they have scooped a lot of coaching stuff from their national account, like yeah, the on three sports account is they've got a lot of scoops going. I don't know. I was on the conference call when Shannon announced that he was leaving 24 seven. It was not that long ago. I don't know. It blows my mind that he's just spinning up these same things, but he's good at it. So why not? If they're going to allow you to keep doing it. Um, okay. The last questions who are Ed Lamb's biggest targets for the early signing period at Nevada. That's funny. If Lamb or Tuiaki both got jobs at lower level schools, like we alluded to, would any players follow them? The answer is yes. The reasoning behind it, I don't want to get into, but there would be some players who follow him, like that aren't on the depth chart, that are looking for more opportunities. And there would probably be some players encouraged to go and follow one of those two. And, and that's it. Those are, those our, are questions. our questions. Well done, subscribers. You provided a great framework for a wonderful show we skipped some of your questions and if we skipped it we're sorry but just know that it was because they weren't good enough yeah. I mean, that's just, it we need to do better now you need to do better yeah if you it's, if you want your question and answered next time ask a better question 
Yes. And not all questions are created equal. And, you know, it's, it's there. Um, Jeff, do you have any parting thoughts on this fine winter mid-December day? No. Are we going to really? finally meet each other next week? I'm going to be in Utah. Ah, well, I guess we, we can probably Wednesday. We got to figure out like a somewhere to meet in the middle to record or something. Yeah, we got to do something. I guess I have a, I have a house now. That's true. It's a little bit easier. It, it is far, I but mean, it's a little bit easier to come to my my current home than my packed up not. This is true. Uh, I don't even know where. Where do you live? West Point. Yeah, it's far. Called? It's far. Dude, where the hell is West Point? Oh, Clearfield. Oh, you're like, oh, you're up by Clearfield High School? No. Well, West Point, I think, sort of is. I'm more by the lake. Like, I could see the lake from my window. Oh, like Hooper? Uh, Hooper, Hooper's closer. If oh, it's, you go, it's not Hooper? It's Hooper? No, 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 no. Funny story about this. So it's called Hooper, and I served my mission with a, a kid from Hooper, and Devin Mahina was also in my mission. And Devin Mahina once made a comment that said, it's a low budget show. So if everybody heard the kid barging in, uh, but the kid announced that he was from Hooper and Devin Mahina said, isn't it from Hooper? Like it's Hooper. It's spelled like hoop. And the kid to his credit, clearly having answered this question many, many times before said, no, it's Hooper. You don't look in a book you look in a book. And that was, I thought, pretty creative. But Devin, who's not known for his incredibly quick wit, was incredibly quick-witted when he replied and said, yeah, but I don't shoot in a hoop. That was my story about Hooper. Uh, That's probably the only story. I'm confident that is the only story about Hooper, Utah that I will hear in my entire life. That's a good one. Um, So... Jeff, it has been a great episode. Uh, I am excited to put this up. I think stake your claim right now. What do you? What is your prediction of how this coaching business will finish this week? Uh, with Kalani specifically, yes, Kalani stays. I have talked to a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of recruits who have also talked to you know coaches because they're concerned as well. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of confidence. Here's my bold prediction that by the time we record our pre bowl game episode next week, there will be, I'm going to say four new commitments to talk about. And they committed after Kalani was announced that he signed a long-term extension because, and they committed because they want to play for, for coach Kalani. That is my bold prediction. I, I think I'm there with you. 24 hours ago, I would have felt very opposite of that. But I think I think uh, things are definitely heading in the right direction. And uh, let if you are listening to this immediately, I don't know, maybe some people got notifications turned on. Let he who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Yeah. So, Merry Kalanimus, hopefully. Ah, so, good. Well done to all of us uh but until next week jeff when hopefully we i will i will come to your house i looked it's like an hour i can drive an hour i'll have a car i will come to your house where are we gonna go to dinner we gotta break bread or something yeah we'll figure it out do we need to go up to uh what's is where is the critical cafe open for dinner i've never been there I to talk uh, to them they on. they are a breakfast and lunch establishment oh uh, they may open up the kitchen for us at night though <laughs> <laughs> i doubt it i doubt it but uh there's another little place kind of up here by my house they're, they're in Salt Lake. Tony Burgers. I'm sure people have had Oh, it. I've had Tony's before. It's pretty pretty solid, and it's right around the corner. Okay. Okay. If you want to get a little bit more exotic, it's not that far. But I live kind of out in the sticks, so. I mean, it's – we do have – we did start our tip jar on Buy Me a Coffee. Yeah. Uh, so with, if you are not a subscriber, we encourage you to subscribe $7 a month, $70 a year, give them hellbrigham.com. Please join us, support the show. Uh, if you are a subscriber, but want to throw a little bit more, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash G E H B. And that will, uh, you can buy us a steak instead of, because neither of us drink coffee. Um, and so if you just want to do like a one-time throw some money our way, cause you appreciate the effort, you can go ahead and do that. Um, so check that out. If you are so inclined, 
And but maybe Jeff, maybe in honor of that, we need to uh, go to a steakhouse. I don't know what's up there. Besides, there's plenty. There's many. Besides, like a Texas Roadhouse or a long. Oh no, no, no. We could go. It depends on what you want. If you want good steak, I can take you to good steak. If you want a good experience, we can go to the old prairie schooner and sit ourselves in a covered wagon. I've never heard of this place. Oh, we might be going to the prairie schooner. I'm scared now. Uh, are you going to be wearing your Stetson? Uh, if I go to the prairie schooner, yeah. It's either okay. my Stetson or my Grinch costume. Something has to happen. Uh, I prefer the Stetson Prairie Schooner Steakhouse in Ogden, Utah. Oh, this is like, oh, it says Howdy Partner. P -A oh, yeah. D-N-E-R. Oh, oh, yeah. It's a good time. It's not like a Texas roadhouse. Like it is like a, <laughs> I've got to call it a fine dining establishment. Oh, gosh. But it's not fine dining. Like it's chill. But like, I think I went there for dances. Like it was like the, oh, uh, you know. um, so they got a ribeye for 40 bucks. So it's like a, middle yeah, of the road like it's, it's a step up it's not it's not Ruth it's Chris. not longhorn you're but not it's getting, not pr you're not getting prime steak it's still it's still choice but it is in a covered wagon and it might be a rattlesnake that comes up and gets you in the middle of dinner uh what about in the middle of the lake while you're fishing i don't want that to happen i don't want rip wheeler walking up with the rattlesnake yeah that was scary I'm so glad that you've caught up on Dude, I'm so into the show now. <laughs> we need a we're close to having a Yellowstone channel on the Discord. If you have not watched Yellowstone, make sure your kids are asleep and the TV's turned down because you do not want them learning half the words spoken on that show. But well, that's that's debatable. Jeff, it has been a great episode. Very off-brand for the season, but on brand for us. So until next week, when we do our first in-person recording together, give them hell. Give them hell.